Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you're looking forward to 2018. Uh, many of us, maybe at this time of year, it's a, it's a chance for us to look back on 2017, kind of evaluate what that year was like, uh, look ahead to 2018 and all that we hope to accomplish. And I'm, I'm curious, as we sit here today on December 31st, how many of us would look back on 2017 and, and think about those things that we have done that we would say, yeah, I would do that again. Like, that was a good decision. That was a wise choice. I would do that again. And how many of us, the, the mental picture that replays over and over in our head, um, are those things that we look back on and go man, I would really like to have a do-over on that. I would like to try that again. Maybe there was something I did that I wouldn't do. Maybe there was something I didn't do that, that I wish that I could go back and, and redo, try it again the second time around. And I'm sure that we probably all have a few things in each one of those categories in our lives. We can think of times when we made a right decision, either at work or at home, and it was a blessing to our relationship, maybe to our job. We can probably all think of times when we made the wrong decision, uh, those times when we would like to try again, um, maybe our, our actions, um, our reactions hurt somebody in a way that uh, we didn't intend. Uh, maybe our reaction hurt somebody in a way that we did intend. Um, maybe you're going into 2018 with a goal of uh, cleaning up some of the relational messes that you made in 2017. I think however you're approaching the new year, something that we probably all desire just in life is more wisdom. Like Who, who in their life would say, no, you know, I'm good in the wisdom department. I think I have all of it that I need. I think all of us would probably desire more wisdom in our life, wisdom on how to control our emotions and our reactions, uh, wisdom for you know, what we post on social media, wisdom for our marriages, maybe wisdom in our singleness and how to navigate that. Uh, I know for us, my wife and I, one of the things that we pray for constantly is wisdom to know how to raise our, our two girls uh, well, uh, to raise them up to be strong, confident women who know and follow and love the Lord. Maybe for you, in your stage of life right now, the wisdom that you're looking for is not necessarily how to raise your kids, but how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of raising adult children and knowing, okay, what's my place? When should I step in? When should I stay away? I think all of us could use a little bit more wisdom. Maybe what you need in 2018 is wisdom for setting boundaries. Um, maybe you need to set some relational boundaries with people who are toxic in your life toxic to your emotional health, toxic to your relationship with the Lord. And so the wisest thing that you can do going into 2018 is say, I've got to draw some boundaries that are healthy for me and my emotional health and my spirituality. And the thing is, is that when we act wisely in all of these areas, what we find is that life is just better. Like, life is just better when we act wisely. So many people look at God's Word and they think, ah, oh, it's just a, a book filled with rules and obligations. And man, I'm telling you, God's, God's letter to us, His book to us, was given to provide the best life for us and to protect us from sometimes what are our stupid decisions, uh, those times when we don't act wisely. 
And, and so when we live wisely in these areas, life is better. We carry fewer burdens of the decisions that we've made. And the good news for those of us who desire more wisdom in our lives is that, that we can find it. Like, wisdom is not hidden. It is not elusive. We can find wisdom. In fact, the Bible even says that God is the giver of all wisdom, that wisdom can be found, and it is a gift that God loves to give. He loves to give the gift of wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to them. That means that we never have to feel ashamed or embarrassed to go to God and say, God, I need wisdom in this situation. It's not something that he's going to look at us and, and say, well, why, why can't you get this right? Don't you know what you should be doing? No, God's never going to, to look at us in that way when we approach him and ask for wisdom. He is going to give it to us, and he's going to do it generously, according to James. It is a gift that he loves to give. And one of the greatest gifts of wisdom that God has given us is the wisdom literature in his book, books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job. These books of wisdom teach us how to navigate the, the difficulties of life, the decisions of life. And we're going to kind of take a look um, through the book of Proverbs this morning. So if you have a, a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. If you have a Bible app that you like to use on your device, you can open it up and, and turn there as well. Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to get to it here in just a, a little bit. All throughout the book of Proverbs, God is giving us wisdom for how to live in His world. The, the book of Proverbs, it's filled with these short, concise sayings that, that just kind of are very practical um, pieces of wisdom and advice in our life. And, and I think what the book of Proverbs shows us, you know, all throughout the Bible, we, we know and we find that God loves us, but the wisdom literature, and especially the book of Proverbs, show us that not only does God love us, but God cares for us. Like He cares for our well-being. He wants what is best for our lives. The book of Proverbs is practical help from God for people like me, maybe people like you who sometimes feel like we are just kind of stumbling <laughs> through life. It's, it's like when my girls were learning to walk, uh, they would reach up and they would grab one of my fingers and they would hold on to that finger for dear life. Like they would squeeze it so hard, I think that the circulation was going to cut off and my finger was going to fall off. And, and they would hold on to it because that was the thing that would keep them stable as they were learning how to walk. That's what the book of Proverbs is in our life. It helps keep us stable and, and sometimes an unstable world. The book of Proverbs teaches us things like uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I know in my life there are a lot of times I want to lean on my own understanding because I think I know what's right. But Proverbs tells us, no, don't, don't trust in yourself. Trust in the Lord. Lean on Him in His understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. He will show you the direction to go. Proverbs 11.2, pride leads to disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. How many of us have had to learn that the hard way? <laughs> our pride got in the way. We had to go back, cover up our tracks, apologize for things that we've done when a healthy dose of humility probably would have been the wise choice. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool seems right 
in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Ladies, can I get an amen <laughs> on that? Maybe you want to give a little nudge to the guy sitting next to you. A wise person listens to advice. One that uh, I had to learn the hard way in my life is Proverbs twenty-seven fourteen. It says, a loud and cheerful greeting in the morning will be taken <laughs> as a curse. Any morning people in here? Raise your hand. Let me see you. a couple, a few of us here. Uh, any night people? Let me see you raise your hand. Night people. All right, we got a few in, in the room. Um, how do you night people feel about us morning people? All, you know, chipper and happy in the morning. We jump out of bed, ready to go. Uh, and in our family, I am the morning person. Uh, my wife is the exact opposite. She, she is absolutely a night person. She does not enjoy mornings. And a few years back when our girls were still very young, um, I, I love to wake up early in the morning, kind of start the day either with quiet time or go out on an early morning run. And a few years back, I, I got up early, went out on a run, got back about 6.30, and I thought, I've still got a few, few moments to, to spare before I have to start getting ready. And, and our, the house that we were living in at the time, all the bedrooms were upstairs, and I was downstairs, and I kind of started looking around the house, and the living room was a bit of a mess. And so I started picking up and tidying up, cleaned up the kitchen. And then, you know, when you get the clutter out of the room, you can kind of see the mess in the carpet. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and vacuum the floor before my wife wakes up. That was not a good idea. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I had this vision as I'm sitting here vacuuming going, you know, she's going to come down the stairs. Oh, oh, my dear love, thank you so much for what you have done for us and for me. And that is not how it was taken. I had no idea that she was up all night with um, our youngest daughter, Nora. And what I thought would be a cheerful greeting was the exact opposite. So that was like a lesson learned for me. The, the point is, is that, that Proverbs is proof that not only does God love us, but he cares for us. He's trying to protect us. He's trying to show us the right path to live down, to keep us from making decisions that we look back on and go, oh, what in the world was I thinking in that moment? God has our best interest at heart. The book of Proverbs is as much about showing us how to live God-honoring lives as it is about showing us how to find happiness and fulfillment in our lives. The wisdom in this book is deeply rooted in the character of God, and it's not secret. It's not hidden. It is something that is beckoning us. It is even calling out to us. Look at what Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 20. He writes, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out at the entrance of the city gates. She speaks. In our text, wisdom is personified as a woman, which really shouldn't come as a surprise to any of us <laughs> that that would be wisdom. And Lady Wisdom is crying out on the streets and in the marketplace and at the city gate. She's standing at the crossroad of our lives and of our culture, the places where our everyday lives intersect with reality. It is in those places that wisdom is crying out to us. See, when Scripture speaks of wisdom, it, it speaks almost in the exact opposite terms of some of the Eastern religions. And when Scripture speaks of wisdom, it's not about removing ourselves from distraction. It's not about ascending the mountain of tranquility and getting away from all of our problems, and that's where we become wise. When Scripture speaks about wisdom, it says that it is calling out to us in our everyday lives. It's not at all about removing ourselves from anything. Wisdom is about meeting us right where we are. 
It calls out to us when the laundry is piling up and the kids are screaming and we feel like we're about ready to lose our mind. Wisdom calls out to us when our boss is breathing down our neck and the pile of paperwork on our desk is piling up. Wisdom calls out to us when we don't feel like going home because the issues between our spouse just feels like more than what we can overcome. Because in these moments that wisdom calls out to us, it's in these moments that wisdom meets us, not when we remove ourselves from these situations, but but right in the middle of them. God's wisdom meets us in the reality of our everyday lives. And did you notice the, the voice that wisdom was using growing up? My dad used to tell me to, to always use my inside voice. I had a very loud voice, and so he would constantly be saying, Sean, use your inside voice. Sean, use your inside voice. Wisdom doesn't have an inside voice. Look again at verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the markets. She raises her voice. Wisdom is shouting for our attention. She is raising her voice above the distractions, above the noise. She is raising her voice to draw our attention away from her competition. See, one of the truths that we find woven throughout Scripture is that there are two types of wisdom. There is wisdom from above, and the Scripture says that there is wisdom from the earth. James says that that type of wisdom um, is, is not just uh, unspiritual, that that type of wisdom is actually demonic. And the truth is, is that both of these wisdoms are vying for our attention. They both claim to offer wisdom, but the outcome is much different. Throughout Scripture, those who follow the world's wisdom are referred to as fools and scoffers. They're the ones that Proverbs 14, 12 refers to when it says that there is a way that seems right, but in the end leads to death. There is a way that in our mind we think, no, this is the right way to go, but we find that it leads to, to death, death in our relationships, death within our souls. Proverbs 9 goes into a little bit more detail about these two types of invitations. Flip a, a few pages over with me and let's look at these together. The first invitation is from Lady Wisdom. Starting in verse 1, Solomon writes, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let them turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. So here we have a picture of, of wisdom inviting us to come and to dine with her. She sends out her messengers, the one that we read about in chapter 1. She sends the out, them out to invite the simple to come. And when, when Scripture refers to the simple, when Proverbs talk about the simple, it, it's not an insult. The, it, it's a way of referring to someone who is standing at the crossroads trying to make the decision, which way should I go? It's someone who has not yet made up their mind. The fool is the one who has already decided to walk down the path of destruction, to walk, walk down the path of the world's wisdom. But the simple is the one who is standing there going, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And here in Proverbs 9, the very beginning, it says that Lady Wisdom is calling out to that person, come and dine. 
to eat choice meats, to eat fresh baked bread, to drink perfectly mixed wine. She invites us to her feast. She invites us to leave our simple ways and to walk the path of insight, which brings life. But there's another voice that's calling out to the person at the crossroads. Worldly wisdom wants to get their attention too. This is called the woman of folly, and her invitation is very similar. Look at it starting in verse 13. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Shoal. The, the woman of folly is seductive. She entices unsuspecting foes and then destroys them. The, the same language used here is found in other places to describe the lure of a prostitute. It leads to unfulfilled promises, temporary pleasure, and lasting emptiness. The woman of folly is deceptive. She's a cheap imitation of the real thing. Notice that, that she too offered an invitation to come and dine, but did you see what she had to offer? She's offering uh, bread eaten in secret. That is a, a, it's a phrase that refers to a meal shared between conspiring criminals. She offers water that is stolen. And for those who choose to walk down this path, their destination is death. They are tempted by her offer, and before they know it, they are in the depths of Shoal, which is used elsewhere to describe a place of darkness and despair. In case we're starting to miss the real-life application to us, let me bring this back to our reality. Because, you see, every day we are faced with these invitations, we are faced with an invitation from Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly to choose their path. Every day we are faced with this and we make choices, some that are wise and some that are foolish. Many of us can look back on this last year and we can think of decisions that we made that we would do again and decisions that we made that we'd like to try again. All of us know what it feels like to stand at the crossroads of these two places. We, we know what it's like to stand at the crossroads of anger and peace. We, we know the familiar feeling in our stomachs right before we lash out at someone or right before we choose kindness and forgiveness. We know what it's like to choose between pride and humility, lust and purity, greed and generosity. We know what it is like in our lives to have these two invitations before us. Sometimes they cry out just in the split second, but we know what that feels like. We know the life we feel when we choose to walk in the way of the wise, and many of us have experienced the death that we feel on the inside when we walk down the path of foolishness. We know the pain that is caused not just to us, but to others. We've all seen relationships built up and strengthened when we act wisely, and we've all seen and had to experience that humbling experience of rebuilding bridges that maybe our foolish decisions have destroyed. We are very familiar with these two paths of wisdom that are crying out to us. And it's our choice as to which one we're going to follow. 
I'm telling you, the path of wisdom will always, always, always lead to life. Because the path of God's wisdom is rooted in something that is deeper than we are. We are temporary. All of our wisdom amounts to nothing compared to God. Our time is limited. Our minds are finite. The path of wisdom, however, is deeply rooted in the character of God. Proverbs 8 tells us that the same wisdom that God employed to create everything that we see in this world is the same wisdom that is available to you. It's that wisdom that God wants to generously pour out onto you when you ask for it. It's the wisdom that leads to the abundant life that God offers us through Jesus. And so how do we live this kind of wisdom? A couple of things real fast as as I close out. The first thing, if you want to live this kind of wisdom, you have to know it. You have to know it. And you know it by spending time reading it. And so my challenge to you as we start this new year, my challenge is just read through the book of Proverbs. Read through the book of Proverbs. If you want to make wise choices in 2018, ones that you don't regret when you get to this time next year, start the new year off by spending the first month reading through the book of Proverbs, starting tomorrow. Read one chapter of Proverbs each day. Proverbs is 31 chapters long, and so if you do one each day, you'll read through the entire book through the month of January. And and if you're not really sure where to start or if you want some additional resources to come alongside of you, um, there's the the YouVersion Bible app. If if you don't have that on your device, I really encourage you to to download that. You can also find it online. I think it's just Bible.org. YouVersion does a great job. It's the, the... what I use every morning in my quiet time. And there are devotions that are on there. And one of them is put out by the guys at the Bible Project, which are from Portland, Oregon. I don't know that anybody does a better job of explaining scripture um, in depth, but yet also very accessible than the guys at the Bible Project. And they have put together a series on the book of Proverbs. It's 32 days long. The very first day is just kind of an overview of the entire book. You can finish that up and then go right to day one. But it has a little devotion And then it takes you through um, a a chapter in Proverbs every single day. And so if you're looking for a place to start, that's a great thing to do. Get on, download that app, and search for that study. The book of Proverbs talks about things like anger and lust. It talks about greed and laziness and foolish talk and pride. And chances are we all struggle with one of these. If we don't struggle with one of these, I, I promise you, that the book of Proverbs speaks to the thing that you do struggle with, the thing that keeps on rearing its ugly head in your life that's wanting to destroy you, lead you to bad decisions, destroy your relationships, speaks to those things. And so I encourage you that while you read it, keep those things in mind. And whenever you come across a proverb that talks about it, I want you to underline it. I want you to mark it up. I want you to put a big star next to it, whatever it is, so that you remember what that proverb was and just do that all throughout the 31 days. If it's your anger, underline the proverbs that talk about anger. If it's your pride, underline the ones that talk about pride. If it's your sexuality, underline ones that talk about that. Mark the ones that hit close to home, and then the second thing that you need to do is you put them into practice. You put them into practice. Once you know them, you put them into practice, because a wise person doesn't just know what to do. The wise person is one who goes out and does it. 
So go back at the end of the month and find maybe one or two of those Proverbs that you underlined that spoke to you in that day. Find one or two of them. Commit them to memory. Learn how to pray them over and over and then start practicing the wisdom that's found in this book. And my guess is that if you start 2018 doing this little exercise, it's going to make a profound difference in your life and in your relationships. Because the book of Proverbs truly is practical help for people like us who just feel like we are stumbling through life. As we dive into 2018, may we find that when we walk God's path, our foot never stumbles. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that speaks life and truth to us. Thank you that your word shows us that you not only love us, but you care for us by showing us and giving us wisdom to live in this world that you have created. And Lord, there are times I know in my life when I, um, I have very much chosen to walk in the path that I thought was right, that I thought was best, that I thought would lead to life. Oftentimes, Lord, it's that path that led straight into sin. And Lord, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, not only does your word say that uh, I, that we can be forgiven for those things, but it shows us, to, points us to a better way to live, a way where we make wise decisions instead of foolish. And so for those of us who are in here today, who uh, your word may call simple, help us to see that that's not an insult, um, but that we have an opportunity before us. There, there are two paths that we can take, and both of them are crying out to us. And God, I pray that as we start 2018, that we will choose the path of wisdom, oftentimes the path in our world less traveled, <laughs> that we will choose that path, and that we will find the life that is available to us through Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen.